Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 211. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulation and uniform code of military justice. So help me God. don't know Patrick and Kimberly Burke yet, but you'll know them very well in a few minutes. They're a typical married Catholic couple who are doing something. You've heard my commercials about my bulletin insert program for parish priests to subscribe to so their parishioners can learn the Catholic faith. The only problem with this program is that the vast majority of priests either don't care about relieving their flock of their catechetical ignorance, or they're too cowardly. Either way, these inserts do no good if they don't get into the hands of the people. Well, I've found a way to get each one into your hand. I've renamed these small articles Secrets of the Catholic Faith, and you can get one into your email inbox every week from Substack. 
It only costs $5 a month or $50 a year. Just click on the link in my show notes at cantankerouscatholic.com. Until recently, I've been hosting a free webinar series called Sharing the Catholic Faith. As badly as I hated it, I had to cease hosting these webinars because of my wife's advancing dementia and my own declining health. I really wanted the webinars to continue because they did so much good for so many people. I know of at least one convert that was made over the last few years and numerous Catholics who walked away astonished by what they'd learned. They were astonished because over the last 60 to 70 years, our nation's bishops have refused to teach the genuine Catholic faith, and they were hearing it for the first time. Instead, the bishops focused on the so-called spirit of Vatican II and social justice. Well, there's no such thing as the spirit of Vatican II, and the social justice they've taught us has nothing whatsoever to do with the real social justice that Jesus taught. Today we call the social justice Jesus taught the corporal works of mercy. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit the sick and imprisoned, and bury the dead. When I announced that I was discontinuing the webinars, Kimberly and Patrick Burke reached out to me and volunteered to keep the webinars going, and they'll relaunch sharing the Catholic Faith series on January 15th. There are three reasons why I'm interviewing them in this episode. The first is to promote the relaunch of the webinars. The second is because the second is because Catholics who don't really know the church's teaching can learn them, then go on and begin sharing what you learn with others, something every Catholic must do if you want to have a hope of salvation. Finally, I wanted you to get to know the Burks. So now it's time to meet the Burks. Hello, six-pack warriors. Today we've got a special treat. You don't know who they are. They're just a friendly couple that I dearly love. It's Pat and Kimberly Burke. You're going to really enjoy what, what they have to tell you today. Uh, how are you, Pat and Kimberly? Well, we're, we're good, Joe. Thank you uh, yeah. very much for asking. Yeah. How about you? How are you? Oh, I'm as happy as a tornado in a trailer park. <laughs> Listen, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I appreciate you coming. Let's just dive right in. Okay. You're brand new to Six Pack Warriors, so they have no idea who you are. No earthly idea. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let the Six Pack Warriors get to know you. Uh, tell us a bit about yourselves. Both of you, not just one. I don't want one speaking up. I want both of you. Okay. You go first. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go first and I'll let uh, um, Kim go. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, my name is Patrick Burke. I've been married to my lovely wife, Kimberly, now for 32 years, and uh, we've been a big fan Amen. of your Amen. Thank you. Uh, um, uh, we've been a big fan of yours for the last... Uh, Almost uh, inception. Yeah, of- since the beginning of, of, of the, of the, of the um, podcast. And uh, we've listened to you. Oh, well, let me interrupt you there for a minute, uh, Pat. I have to say to Six Pack Warriors, I didn't pay them to say that. Well, <laughs> a little bit maybe, but you did it. We, I was hoping we could discuss that after the interview was over. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, to, getting back on on point, uh, we 
uh, been married for 32 years. We grew up in the same small town in a, in a Midwest city uh, in Indiana and um, married to a lovely wife, uh, Kimberly, for 32 years. We uh, uh, grew up together. Yeah. We Thank you. Uh, we have four uh, wonderful kids uh, ranging from uh, age uh, 31 to 16. Uh, two boys and two girls. Uh, uh, I've been, uh, I, I was a cradle Catholic, uh, so I was, um, uh, had the easy way in, I guess, maybe. Um, and, you know, just, you know, we went to church every Sunday. My my mom and dad did a great job of, of, of raising us. I had, I had three sisters, so there was four kids in, on, on my side of the family. Um, but, uh, um, you know, we prayed before meals and every. Thing. But I, I, I wanted, you know, as I got older, I, you know, I, I wanted something more. And, and uh, you know, Kim and I's connection, um, I'll let her kind of talk on her side of the story. But I was kind of the, the, the average 20, early 20-year-old 20 Catholic guy looking to get married. And then uh, or when, I, when I met Kim and... Uh, and I'll let her pick it up from there. And then I'll come back and tell you a little oh, bit what? more. Yes. No, wait a minute, Pat. You're not telling <laughs> six pack warriors nearly enough. What do you do for a living? Okay. Um, I am a, a pilot for a major airline. Um, I'm currently on a, a medical uh, disability. Um, uh, I about, um, about a year ago, I got uh, diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. So, uh, it was early, caught pretty early, and I've gone through two rounds of treatment, one very early last year uh, and one very late last year. actually wrapped up treatment on the 30th of December, uh, my second round of uh, a double concurrent dose of chemotherapy and radiation. Um, so um, we're fighting that, but, but God willing, everything is going great so far. And, and and God willing, it will continue. So, what's that done for you spiritually? Well, it's changed me. Uh, cancer changes everything. Uh, it changed me um, spiritually. It made me want to, even though you know my entire life has been kind of a spiritual journey, and and from my um, late twenties, I kind of back around uh, two thousand or so. Um, Kind of, I don't want to say had a reawakening, but I, I just felt it. Uh, I started studying Fatima, and that kind of was like a springboard or a launching pad to really digging more and learning more about my faith and the Catholic Church and 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 my relationship with Jesus and 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 it's it's been ever growing ever since. But the cancer has really it changed it to where. It just reprioritized a lot of things and, and made me even more spiritual, more wanting more knowledge and learning more about our Catholic faith. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. What six pack warriors don't know that I know is what you've been through with this and you have offered it up faithfully. You seem to be trying to do your best to get rid of purgatory. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, uh, I, when I when I was younger, I used to think, well, purgatory. That's my what's my goal. That's you know, if I make it there, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. But 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 you know, I I would like to el- eliminate as much time in purgatory by you know suffering or, or offering things up here on earth, and 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 you know maybe not spend as much time, uh, God willing, in purgatory or disgusting. Yeah, or, you know, Pat, I have. Uh, for years, I've listened to Catholics tell me, my goal is purgatory. I just want to be saved. No, that's kind of stupid. You know, I tell them that you need to shoot for the moon. There, there you go. Yeah. If you shoot for the moon, at least you're going to hit the top of the telephone pole. <laughs> that's but true. if you shoot at the top of the telephone pole, you're going to blow a hole in your foot. So... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Like you definitely want to. You definitely want to shoot for heaven from day one because one second in purgatory is going to seem like years to you there because I'm, there's yeah. no grace. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Thank so. you for that, Pat. Kimberly, tell me about you. Well, I'm Kimberly Burke, and as Pat said, we've been married for 32 years. We um, we grew up in the Longest same job you ever had, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and we actually met when we were 12, 13. Yeah. We, we, we went Jun- to the, junior high school. Yeah, we were we lived in the same small town, um, met in junior high school, um, never dated really yeah. until college. Um, and then we were inseparable. And um, so I, I'm a mom of four. For awesome kids and the mother-in-law to um, really a blessing, a daughter-in-law who yes. was, um, we so always pray for our kids um, to have um, godly spouses and will lead our kids to God. And um, so we, we got our Sophia um, and she's married to our oldest child, Thomas. Um, and then we have Joseph and Maria Rose and Lucy. Um, our goal was to name our, our rule, not the goal, was to name all of our kids after saints and family names yes. all, together. all all together. Oh, so um, we we really love their names, yeah. don't we? I could talk about their names all day. <laughs> and our youngest, Lucy, is named after um, Sister Lucinda from Fatima, so uh, which reflects Pat's um, research and attraction to Fatima. Um, I'm a registered nurse. Um, I didn't really want to be a nurse, honestly. Um, had a lot of um, push, not pushing, but my husband and my mother really saying, "Oh, you should be a nurse." I a, I didn't really want to be a nurse, but now I, I see why I, why I was a nurse. I spent what twelve years as a pediatric hospice nurse, um, and I I really um, I really did love doing that. And then I have spent, I spent eight years doing case management and having the blessing of, of managing team of nurses and social workers that could go out and, and help people get the resources that they, that they needed Mm -hmm. medically, physically, um, nutritionally. Um, so that was great. Um, I, what, what, I'm a convert. Um, I was baptized Catholic. Catholic, yes. Um, same church. Same church, St. Joseph's. Um, the same church that my dad grew up in and, and went to Catholic school. And um, 
would always tell us great stories about the nuns, a lot of funny stories, and probably a lot of his ordinary stories, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but I was raised in the Lutheran Church. Um, and when Pat and I got married, uh, <laughs> we got married with the Justice of the Peace, basically, right? Yeah. And then his mom was very encouraging that we needed to get our marriage blessed. Um, I have Amen. no clue why we would need to do that but um you know we we didn't do that till about a year year two, almost two, two, years, two after years after we were married um you know our our first child was born in between that time and you know of course we had him baptized at the same church as well saint joe um and then we went to go meet with father Raychek. may his soul rest in peace um he has no idea the impact he made on me with my faith and coming into the church we went to talk to him about getting our marriage blessed, and he asked me if I could get him a copy of my birth or my baptismal certificate. And I said, um, it, "It's here. I was baptized here at St. Joe. Um, I was baptized Catholic." And he said to me, "A lost sheep returning to the flock." <laughs> and I held my tongue. <laughs> oh, she did. I held my tongue, and I was very polite. And then we walked out of his office and started to head towards our car. I looked at Pat, and I said. I will never be Catholic. Never. Do you hear me? Never. (laughs) So a few months later, we had moved to Michigan for Pat's job. And um, I happened to be getting Pat registered at a church, a Catholic church in Fenton, Michigan, and happened to talk to the religious ed director. And she was taken in by my knowledge of the faith and my love for God. And so she said, why don't you join RCIA? And I'm like, I, I, no, I don't think so. And she was no, think about it. And so I did. And I have to say now you would have to, t- I, I, I would never, I could never leave the church. I, 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 I love, I love the I'm church. I yeah. found, I came home and it's, um, wow. It's just, it's, just blows my mind to think if someone would have told me years ago that I would have thought coming into the church, I would have said, no way, uh, you know, but it, it's, um, it's a beautiful love story that I have with the church and yes. I'm so glad that I'm home. And I, I think that was fostered growing up. Um, you know, my dad used to tell his stories. Um, I'd have friends that went to the Catholic church. Um, you know, I know my mom at one point had looked into going to the church I, I don't know, just there's so many people that were put in my path that just really led me to that one day finally saying, yes, I'll go to RCIA. So that's that's that really me. Is, and a- <laughs> yep. that's Crazy cat mom. Kim, that's, that's beautiful. You know, it doesn't happen as frequently now, but during the first two years of the show, I heard from listeners, I guess weekly, telling me that they were going to leave the church because of what the USCCB does, because right. of what Francis does, you know, all the different, the, the sex abuse, all that yeah. sort of thing. But you brought up an excellent point. You can never leave the church. That's how you feel. But it's a fact, too. You can never leave the church because the church is a divine entity. It is well, it's Jesus Christ, or at least yes. it's his yeah. bride. Yeah. Okay. So it's a divine institution. Right. No matter what the stewards uh, of the church do, 
no matter how evil they are, it's still Jesus Christ's church. He called it my church in Scripture. And if you leave the Catholic Church, I don't care what your reasoning is, if you leave the Catholic Church, you are bound for hell. There is no salvation outside the Catholic Church unless, of course, you have no way of knowing that the Catholic Church even exists or that it's founded by Christ who is God. In other words, I guess if you're some uh, some native out in the middle of uh, the jungle in Africa, okay, you, you may have an excuse. <laughs> but you're right. because of global communication and everything today, we, uh, we have no excuse for not knowing. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off the interview, but I've <laughs> got to preach to you six-pack warriors a second. Every person has an obligation to be Catholic if they intend to go to heaven, if they hope to go to heaven. But what that does to us Catholics is it gives us an additional obligation. It is our job, if we expect to be able to go to heaven, to share the faith with all these non-Catholic people, and in most cases with pew-sitting Catholics, and share the faith with them and make them or put them in a position where they can accept or reject God's graces for conversion. Right. So I'm sorry. I, j- I couldn't help that. Kim, you opened nope, the door and had good. to run through it. <laughs> uh, listen, when I became ill last year and ha- I had to greatly curtail my work, uh, all the work I was doing in this apostolate. One of the things I had to give up was the free sharing the faith, uh, sharing the Catholic faith webinars. Now the two of you stepped up to the plate and consented to take over those webinars. So yeah. will you please tell us uh, what the sharing the Catholic faith webinars are, uh, how you came to take over the webinars, and how people can begin getting invitations to attend these free webinars. Okay. Um, I'll let Kim. That was a well, long question, wasn't it? That was a long question. Well, we'll first start with how we got we we got into this, um, which we're very grateful. Um, we had listened to, to your podcast when you said that you were cutting back, and that was the webinar was one of those things that was you were not going to be able to do. Um, we have benefited from those webinars. And enjoyed them. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and we know lot, other people that listen with their families and mm-hmm. they, they've enjoyed it. And so we were concerned, like, who, well, how are people going to get this information? Um, so then we prayed about it to discern if, if, maybe if this was, maybe this is something that we could help you with. Called to do. Yep. And, um, we reached out to you and, and, and now we have this beautiful, Catholic partnership. So that's kind of how we got into it. We wanted to make sure that people weren't missing the message, you know, that they did, they had these webinars to, 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 to bring them closer to the faith. Right. 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 Yes. So, um, to us, these webinars mean teaching and, 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 and and sharing the faith and, and especially not just sharing, but teaching them the truths of the faith. And I know from participating in your webinars as listeners, 
that really is the truth that right. the webinars are really, um, they get down to the nitty gritty. There, there are no, um, I don't know what the word is for it. I mean, it's, it's just the truth. And sometimes the truth is hard to hear, but the truth is so beautiful. And then when you're talking about the Catholic faith, I mean, how could you not want that to continue? I mean, people need to hear it. Right. And, and so. This is a great avenue to, to allow that to happen. And you've done a good job, great job with it, Joe. Well, thank you. You know, I, uh, I preached for months about uh, uh, Catholics doing something. And folks, six-pack warriors, this is an example of Catholics doing something. And to be honest, <laughs> when I first heard from Kim about doing the webinars, here I've been preaching about Catholics doing something. And whenever I got that first email, I thought, is she nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. I am. She is. We, I can In a good way. Because it's it's not easy to do those webinars. It's not the it's not understanding the and doing the technology. The problem with it is uh knowing and understanding the faith well enough to teach it. It's one thing to be a student, it's another <laughs> thing to be a teacher. Right. So, you know, that's uh, and and relating to another thing you said, Kim, you hear the Catholic truth. How can you not love it? Right. Right. When when I studied the ninth article, I had a man guide me through everything. And we studied together for nine months every day. Wow. Uh, I made him prove everything to me because I was an agnostic bordering on being an atheist. When I first began to study with him, he tricked me into it, by the way. But uh, <laughs> whenever we got to the ninth article of the creed and he proved to me that Jesus Christ established the Catholic church, he'd already proven to me that Jesus Christ is God. He did that in the first article. But when we got to the ninth article and he proved that to me, I had to say to myself, well, I guess I have to be a Catholic. I sure as hell don't want to be a Catholic, but I've got to be a Catholic. And the reason I didn't want to be a Catholic is because I was raised to be an anti-Catholic. I was a fourth generation Freemason, and I was taught to hate the Catholic Church. But in this case, I didn't see where I had a choice if I expected any hope of salvation. But it was whenever we got to the Eucharist while studying the sacraments that I had the emotional decision or had the emotional response. I want to be a Catholic. I have to be a Catholic. There is no other thing because I had spent years begging God, if you're real, show me this or do this for me. Help me. And every time it was a wall of silence. And in learning about the Eucharist, I found out that all I had to do was go down to the local parish and talk to him in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. yep. And yep. I've done Always that hundreds of times since then. Let me see if you guys agree with this. For me, Catholicism, being a Catholic, 
is the most exciting lived experience I've ever had. Oh, yeah. I've been shot. I've been (laughs) shot. I've been stabbed. I've, I've, uh, you know, I've used to hunt bounty. I was, I was, uh, I was in the army. I've traveled to, I don't know, five or six other countries to do work that I did. I've seen some of the most beautiful, uh, geography in the world. Mm. I have had the pleasure of meeting wealthy celebrities important celebrities, or at least they think they're important, (laughs) but nothing, absolutely nothing compares to living a Catholic life. And you can't do that six pack warriors until you know, apply and live the Catholic faith. But you have to know it first. I don't care how. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's how you, the lens of my of our world works. We see it through the Catholic lens. Everything, everything, yeah. and and even down yeah. to, I'm I I can walk outside and see a tiny bird on a on a fence post and think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because God created it, and and then then I think about then God created. That burden, it's so beautiful, even if someone thinks it's just plain and ordinary. And then it gets me excited because then God placed me in the Catholic Church. And it, it's just, uh, I could go on and on. It just, it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. I used to be a wood carver and furniture maker. And I remember many times, especially carving wood, holding a block of wood in my hand and thinking, First of all, what is in that block of wood? I'm going to release it whenever I carve. But secondly, thousands of years ago, before that tree was even a seed, God had the intention of giving me this block of wood where I could do something to glorify him. Yep. And that was in his plan. really about yep. all I carved. So, <laughs> you know, it... <laughs> It just, uh, I, I don't know. I guess we could talk about this all day, but it gets us off the track. What, yeah, uh, what do you hope to accomplish in the webinars anyway? Uh, and why, why well, do you I, hope I think, to accomplish something? I think we hope to accomplish, um, again, kind of part of my personal journey, you know, alongside Kim, um, you know, is, I have felt like I've never really had a chance to to try to evangelize or to draw uh, other people into the faith, and and this is, you know, there's so many ways nowadays that that the lay people can 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 help continue to build up, you know, Christ's church, and um, you know, I think this is one small avenue that, that we can do, and hopefully we can reach some people and 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 change some minds and. And Even if it's a mustard seed, right? Yeah, right. exactly. And, right. you know, I think it's, it's great. You know, you started it. You got the ball rolling. You set it all up. And, we're you know, I feel like we have the easy job of just kind of coming in and taking over. Um, you know, you have some pretty big <laughs> shoes to fill. Yeah, we do um, have big shoes to fill. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to give it our best shot. And, and like I said, we just hope that we, we can help. Some people, help yeah, we want to help, help others, others fall in love with the faith, yeah. right? So yeah. they can know, love, and serve God, and 
and know the truth, right? Right. And know the truth. Amen. Um, and, and for people to know, we're just ordinary people yeah. who, you know. And if, you know, we can do it. I mean, everyone. I everyone mean, should be able to do it. Is this going to take us out of our comfort zone a little bit? Yes, yeah. it is. But isn't that how God stretches us and grows us? Um, and, it, you know, the faith is just so important. And so we're just ordinary people who just, you know, want to show the world our extraordinary God. I guess, maybe. Yes. Very well said. <laughs> that just came off Amen. the top. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for that, Kim. And I'll tell you, you brought up something very, you both brought up something very important. But the first thing that uh, really came into my mind and what you said, Kim, is comfort zone. Right. There is not one single character in the entire Bible, Old and New Testaments, who wanted to do something for God or who was asked by God to do something that was left in their comfort zone. Every single one of them had to get out of their comfort zone. Now, there are three things, six-pack warriors, that every Catholic must do if he expects to obtain heaven. And the first one, or I should say attain heaven, not obtain, the first one is you've got to stay in a state of grace because guess what? You automatically lose if you die when you're in a state of grace. You know, people die. Well, I won't comment on that any further, except you want to be in a state of grace Mm -hmm. if something happens that you die. The second thing you have to do is try to become a saint. Because Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 48, he said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Think about that. That's pretty profound. Yeah, yeah be very perfect. profound. Are you, ca- are you capable of being perfect on your own? Not at all. But with God's help, you can be. And that's the definition of a saint. You'll probably have to fight that battle right up to your last breath, but at least by the time you die, you want to be a saint. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the third thing you have to do that every Catholic has to do, Jesus told us in his great commission, we have to share the faith. We have to make converts. And oftentimes making a convert is talking to a Catholic who's ignorant of the faith because they need a conversion. If they're ignorant of the faith, they need a conversion. Now, I don't care. You, There are nearly 100,000 listeners to this show now. I don't care. (laughs) Out of all of you, I don't care how well you think you know the faith. You don't. You don't, don't, don't know the faith. I have a test that I regularly send out to people who want to find out. They think they do know the faith. And this test is just, uh, well, it's fill in the blank. Uh, it's true and false, uh, multiple guess, mostly multiple guess and true and false. And it is the bare minimum that a Catholic has to know. I've had people ask for that test. Probably, I don't know, most people don't have the guts to take it, but I've had 
probably 40 people over the last several years take that test and not one, not one single person has passed that test. You want to stay in the state of grace? You got to know what the Catholic church teaches morally. And I assure you, most of you don't. Uh, The first catechism I ever wrote, I had a mother tell me, a homeschooling mother, she taught her children the Catholic faith from my catechism. And in the process, because she and her husband like to drink a little, in the process, she told me she didn't know drunkenness was a sin. It is a sin, a mortal sin, in fact. Mm -hmm. So that takes you out of the state of grace. If you want to uh, become a saint, and if you want to share the faith, in order which you have to do in order to make it into heaven, you have to know the faith. You can't live what you don't know. You can't share what you don't know. So every one of you six-pack warriors, I'm encouraging you with every fiber of my being, come on the webinars. They're going to start, uh, uh, I guess, next Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the webinars are going to start back on the 15th of January. You need to get on one of my email lists. You, if, if you can't attend at the time of the webinar, the webinars will be recorded and I will put, publish them, uh, within a day or two after the actual webinar and you can listen to them. But if you attend the live webinar, you can do something you can't do listening to the recording. You can ask questions from Kim and Pat in uh, real time. And if they can't answer them, they're going to be honest with you. They're going to tell you, no, we can't answer that, but we'll get the answer for you. Right. And, you know, then they'll go to somebody who, who knows more than they do. And that's what <laughs> I do. I go to Cardinal Burke or I go to a priest that I know, uh, you know, I, I don't know everything. Good grief. And people say, I'm a walking Catholic encyclopedia. I'm Believe yeah, me, you yeah, are. I agree with that, and yeah, there'll be a lot of that. We'll probably get him back with them, but we will certainly do our well, best. Well, that's okay. We can handle. We can handle that. In the first webinar that starts on the fifteenth, I'm going to be with Pat and Kim, you know, to help them along on this first one to get them used to it, because everybody's got a little bit of mic fright whenever they start something like this. I know I did. I was terrified the first webinar I ever did. I thought, gee, this is a lot more people than I'm more, uh, used to dealing with. <laughs> but anyway, if you sign up for the webinar and you can't make it, you will get a link to the recording. You won't get a link to the recording if you don't sign up, period. Golly, I'm sorry I took over again. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> just happens (laughs) well you know me we it i i can't keep my mouth shut whenever it comes to the faith no No. that's a good thing great job evangelizing and sharing it the reason i had pat and kim on here today is because i wanted you to meet 
the couple who are taking over the webinars. I wanted to encourage you to come to the webinars uh, and learn the faith. And they'll start out with the most simple stuff and build on each thing as they go along. And I wanted you to understand what it is to be a Catholic who's doing something. I don't care what you do. They were talking a while about having their own podcast. They, uh, 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 and I've had, I heard from a listener not too long ago who started a podcast. He's teaching RCIF, uh, RCIA. Isn't that the initials? I can't see. I'm not yes. a walking Catholic encyclopedia. <laughs> RCIA, yes. But it has changed, but I don't oh, yeah. know. I don't know what the, um, the new thing is, but we're, it has changed. Yeah, I, I, I think it has changed too. Yeah. yeah. I hear from Catholics who are doing something. They're doing something. But with nearly 100,000 listeners, I'm only hearing from like four or five. If you're serious about your Catholic faith, you've got to be doing something. And just praying for the church or praying for people is only the beginning. That is not doing something. It's just the very basic that every Catholic is obliged to do. You have to get out there and do something. Signing petitions, that doesn't work. Writing a letter to your bishop, that doesn't work. It ends up in file 13. Uh, <laughs> calling him, you'll never get past the gatekeeper. And any message that she takes from you also goes into the wastebasket. You have to get out there and do something. Do a podcast. Do a blog site. Do what Pat and Kim are about to do. Start your own series of webinars. I mean, there are plenty of people on the web uh, that we're not going to appeal to, but you can. You can get them. Start writing articles for the Catholic media. There are lots and lots and lots of ways you can share the faith. You can serve God. You can be doing something. Would either one of you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe we can, maybe by doing this and coming out of our comfort zone, we can inspire someone so else nice. to do it and to pray to the Holy Spirit to, to get, give them the guidance and the and wisdom. The yeah. To yeah. do it. Um, because like I said, we're just a average mom and dad, Catholic parents trying to get their family to heaven. So if we can try Nicola. it, yep. I, I think, Many more listeners can do it as well. Yes. I absolutely agree. Well, obviously, I agree with you. I wouldn't have been <laughs> on that long rant. But, yeah, listen, Kim, Pat, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show this week. And oh, uh, for, I appreciate you being here. And for you six-pack warriors, I beg you. Get on one of my mailing lists so that you can get invitations. The, the invitations come out three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Attend these webinars. That, that's the easiest way for you to learn the totality of the Catholic faith. They're 25 weeks long. We, uh, I guess that Kim and Pat are going to do what I've always done. I take a break for the summer because yes. people want to get out of the house and I don't blame them. And then I take a break for Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
you know, so actually you have about 25, 26 weeks uh, where you can cover the whole gambit of what you need to know. So six pack warriors sign up again, Pat, Kim, I've had a ball here. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you too. Uh, thank you. We enjoy so talking to thank you. Thank you for coming. Good. Thank you for coming on the show. And I'm assuming that if I ask for a future interview, you'll come back. Correct. That is correct. Of course, and we would be honored yes. to do that anytime, Joe. And oh. we enjoy talking to you. And thanks for having us. And thanks yes. for having the trust to, to uh, let us do a little bit um, of your work that you started. It's an honor to support okay, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know how anybody can be very. Listen, I look in the mirror every day. I. I wouldn't be honored to have anything to do with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just proof that God has a sense of humor. He wants <laughs> something done. Hey, call on the fat guy from Missouri. He knows how to <laughs> do something like this. And then I get pummeled all the way. So, hey, listen, thanks for being on, and we'll talk to you later. God love you. God love God you bless. too. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. God bless you. You may think you know the Catholic faith, but you don't. The test I talked about in the interview is nothing more than what Catholic 8th graders had to know to graduate 70 years ago. Not one single person who's taken this test has ever scored at least 70% the minimum to pass. In fact, as far as I can recall, only one managed to get to 60% or a D. You can't live what you don't know. All you have to do to get invitations to these webinars is get on any one of my email lists. If you're already on one of my lists and don't receive the invitations, then you need to check your spam folder. The invitations come out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I strongly urge you to join Patrick and Kimberly every single week for the webinars. I'll be with them on the first webinar on January the 15th. Begin now to learn so you can live an authentic Catholic faith. If you own a website that generates revenue for you, directly or indirectly, according to a recent Supreme Court ruling, you must be compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA. If you're not compliant, the government can fine you $50,000. Slip and fall lawyers are scouring the internet for non-compliant websites to sue on behalf of disabled clients for tens of thousands of dollars. One disabled man has filed over 800 lawsuits against non-compliant site owners. There were over 10,000 suits filed in 2020, but that number grew to 100,000 in 2022. Once they file suit against you, the government will definitely fine you, and there's no way to win against the fines or suit. You simply have to settle. Getting your website ADA compliant is very expensive. The minimum I've seen charged for this service is $4,000, but I've seen as much as $15,000. Well, I've learned how to make websites ADA compliant. 
If you want your website ADA compliant and avoid lawsuits and fines, as well as help finance this apostolate at the same time, for you six-pack warriors, I'll only charge $1,000 for full compliance. The $4,000 minimum charged by other ADA compliance consultants will only keep you from being fined. It takes full compliance to keep you from being sued, but that costs from eleven dollars to $15,000. Again, I'll do full compliance for any six-pack warrior for only $1,000 or $100 a month. Just click the link in my show notes on cantankerouscatholic.com and we'll get your site ADA compliant. Get compliant or risk lawsuits and fines. It's time for the Sacred Heart Wins with Bishop Joseph Strickland. Each week, His Excellency answers your toughest questions about the Catholic faith, the problems in the church, spiritual questions, catechetical topics, or anything else you want to know. If you have a question, just email it to joe at cantankerouscatholic.com. Now here's Bishop Strickland and Joseph Pack, the Every Catholic Guy. Hello again, Six Pack Warriors. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Winds with Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas. How are you today, Excellency? Good, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm just as happy as if I had good sense. We only have two questions this week, and they're both from Deb. Uh, first, she asks, what are your thoughts on the Sabatine privilege? Now, uh, I... Seriously doubt that most of our listeners know what the Sabatine privilege is. So would you first explain that and then give her your thoughts? Joe, I have to uh, admit, I don't know what the Sabatine privilege is. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what then, because I don't want to give a halfway answer. I'll look this up for our next section and, uh, I used to be able to spill it right off the top of my head, but it's been so many years since anybody's asked me about it. It relates to the uh, uh, the scapular, and uh, um, so I'll I'll look that one up, and we'll have something rather full. I'll send you what I find, in fact. Okay, all right. Then mm-hmm. let's see. Deb also asks, and boy, I I like this. Uh, Actually, she's got something here that I don't know about. Can you explain more about what has been called the great exchange that takes place at every Mass? And then uh, parenthetically, she says, we put everything that's ours in the altar, emptying ourselves, and Jesus fills us up with his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Well, um, I'll take a stab at it. I'm I'm really not totally <laughs> sure what she's referring to, but um, certainly the Mass is a loving sacrifice. It is the sacrifice of love. The Son of God, the Lord of all, pouring himself out for us. And we know that the Mass is is that reality, the power of that sacrificial love of the Son of God is is why the Mass is as sacred as it is, and it really needs to be held up as a sacred, awesome um, time of, of reverence and encounter with God. So it, it sounds like the question, what the question is dealing with, yes, we 
the whole idea of offering ourselves is joining our sacrifices to the the ultimate sacrifice of Christ and then joining him in communion in in receiving his body and blood soul and divinity so and that is one of the aspects of the mass that you know in my formation as a priest I was ordained back in 1985, and it was much more a time of emphasizing this is a family meal, this is a gathering of the people. A lot of the hymns really spoke about that. And it certainly, of course, it's a gathering of the people of God, but with the focus being worship and awesome celebration of that loving sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So the sacrificial element. I think it is important to to really highlight that. And I think that's what this question is based on, that when, uh, I'll put it this way, Joe, the more we give of ourselves, truly, the more we pour ourselves out and truly enter into the wonder of the Mass, the more we will receive of that grace of the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. It's you know, uh, that phrase, full and active participation that we heard so much from the Second Vatican Council, I think absolutely <laughs> we all need to be fully and actively participating. Amen. That's one of the ways that things got off the rails because it got interpreted in a very human terms of, you know, well, that means somebody's got to be carrying the basket. Somebody's got to, you know, we all got to get busy doing things. And really, full and active participation in the Mass is about exactly that, entering more profoundly into the the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So um, that that exchange uh, is, is what it's about, of us entering into Him more deeply, sacrificing ourselves so that we receive that perfecting life, like we were talking about with another question. We're called to be perfect. We're not going to get there without the grace of God, that him perfecting us. That's where the mass can be a part of that journey of being perfected, because the more we join ourselves to the perfect sacrifice of Christ, the more we are perfected. Amen. Uh, Excellency, have you ever heard that term, the great exchange? I have. Um, but I can't say I've studied it deeply, but it's it's something I have heard before. That's a new one to me. I I really didn't. Uh, I was hoping you could take off and run with this because I sure couldn't answer it. But uh, I want to remind you six-pack warriors regarding the Mass. Most Catholics, in fact, probably 99.99% of Catholics don't understand what the Mass is all about. I mean, where it comes from, why we have it, how Jesus fulfilled uh, the Old Covenant with the Mass. The first five books of the Old Testament are a blueprint for the Mass. They established everything imperfectly that Jesus perfected on Holy Thursday night with the first Mass. And I urge you, I I know, I know, Catholics are terrible at reading Scripture. 
That's what you, you think you're getting enough scripture whenever you go to mass. No, you're not. You're not getting nearly enough. You should be reading it every day. But I challenge you, if you'll read the first five books uh, of the Old Testament and focus on every time there is a sacrifice give, uh, established by God or a sacrifice being given, focus on that because all of those sacrifices are imperfect sacrifices that Jesus perfected on Holy Thursday night. And if you do that, you'll fully understand the Mass by the time you're done. Would you agree with that, Excellency? I do agree. And I would refer people to uh, Dr. Brant Petrie. Um, He's written some great books. Because as you're saying, Joe, linking the Old Testament to the New Testament through the Mass, I mean, it it really brings things to life. I mean, the sacrifice or the the sacrifice that didn't happen, but the the potential sacrifice of Isaac by Abraham, the the beautiful connections there are are just amazing. And Dr. Brant Peter, I'm sure there are many others, but he's the one I'm most familiar with that has written some great books about Mary's role in the in the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, the the royal family, the house of David, all of that is, as you said, in the first five books of the Bible. Yeah, you know, Bishop, Jesus quite clearly said that he didn't come to change anything, to eliminate anything. He said he came to fulfill the covenant. And if you ask any Protestant, how did Jesus do that? Every one of them will tell you, well, I don't know, but I know he did it. And they don't, they honestly believe that Jesus really did change things. They can't figure out how he fulfilled the covenant. Well, you know, that's one of the neat things about being Catholic. We've known for 2,000 years. (laughs) The, uh, uh, yeah, the Protestants don't have a clue. And I read an article just the other day where, uh, a Catholic said we could learn a lot from the Protestants. No, we can't. No, we can't learn anything from them. They could learn everything from us, but of course we have to know and share the faith for that to happen. But wouldn't you? Isn't that right, Excellency? Sure. I mean, the the Church has the fullness, um, and I would say, living in a very Protestant area, many Protestants live it better than many Catholics. But that, True. And, and one thing that I think is, is I've tried to emphasize, they do at times, I mean, talking about individuals, they do so much with so little. It puts us to shame as Catholics, because as my mother used to quote to us all the time, of those who have received much, much is to be expected. And that's where we are as Catholics. We've received the fullness. So we need to live the fullness of the faith. And the fact that many who don't have that fullness are more deeply committed to their their Christian faith, it it really puts us to shame as Catholics because we've got it all. And that I mean that's part of what motivates me to speak up as a bishop because we all have to um, answer for the blessings that we've received. And what it's kind of like going back to that parable of the talents. What did you do with 
the gift of faith that you've been given as Catholics. I think we've got a lot of work to do to really um, live up to the the tremendous challenge of living up to the the gifts that we've received as Catholics. Amen. And you know, six pack warriors, you cannot live what you do not know. Learn the faith. That's that's the whole reason this apostolate exists. It's the whole reason that Bishop Strickland is here with us every week. How many times do you have an opportunity to ask a bishop questions or to express your thoughts about what's going on in the church, what's going on in the world? How many times do you wake up in the morning and say, you know, I think I'll call my bishop today and talk to him? No, of course you don't. And here you have an opportunity to discuss these things with Bishop Strickland. No, you can't ask the question yourself. I have to read it to him, but you send them to me and I convey them to him. And he does an excellent job of fielding these questions. So you can learn the faith from him. You can learn it through the various sources and resources I have. Uh, I've, I've asked many of you to, well, I've asked all of you to sign up, uh, uh, for the Marian Catechist basic catechism course. Uh, there's so many things, but for whatever reason, too many Catholics will not go to the trouble and take the time. So gosh, I guess Jesus Christ means less to those people than uh, you know, their own souls mean less to them than the faith does. Ah, that's pity. Well, I'll get off my soapbox, Excellency. That's it for this week. We'll get together again next week. In the meantime, our, uh, Bishop, will you please do one thing as we close this? Will you please give the six-pack warriors a blessing? Sure. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all who are listening and participating in this program that we all may seek your light and grace guiding us through your Son and the power of your Spirit. Help us to know and live your truth more deeply. May all the saints, especially the Queen of Saints, the Immaculate Virgin Mary, intercede for us. And we ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Excellency. We'll see you again next week. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Are you a doctor, dentist, or other professional? Do you own a local business or e-commerce store? Do you have a website? Is your website compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act or ADA? If not, then you're open to a $50,000 fine from the government and lawsuits from slip-and-fall lawyers who want to clean out your bank account. One disabled man has thus far sued over 800 website owners. It's a legitimate scam for him and his lawyers because you can't win. If you get sued, the only thing you can do is settle. Local digital agencies charge $4,000 for minimum compliance that will protect you from fines and eleven dollars to $15,000 for full compliance that will keep you from being sued. 
Well, I've learned how to make websites ADA compliant, and I'll make Six Pack Warrior sites fully compliant for only $1,000 or $100 a month. Anyone else besides Six Pack Warriors will pay the going rate. Save yourself from fines and lawsuits, as well as support this apostolate, by clicking on the link in my show notes at cantankerouscatholic.com to reach out to me now. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. Everyone knows about St. Christopher, the patron saint of travelers. And many of you probably have a St. Christopher medal around your neck, on your keychain, or in your car. But do you know the story behind St. Christopher? Well, as Paul Harvey would have said, this is the rest of the story. By the way, I'm really telling my age. There was a giant of a man who had powerful, almost superhuman strength. His name was Ophero. He lived in the land of Cana in the early Christian era. Dissatisfied with himself and desiring adventure, the big man left his homeland saying, I'll roam the world in search of the mightiest of kings. Then I'll spend the rest of my life being that king's servant. After wandering around a long time, Ophero met a hermit guarding a violent and dangerous stream. This hermit guided travelers to a place in the stream where they could cross safely. O'Farrell took time to talk to the hermit, and the humble man of God in turn told him the gospel message of Jesus, the King of Kings. How can I serve this king? the big man asked. The holy old hermit told him to settle down near the stream and carry travelers across on his shoulders. That would be the way he could serve the king. O'Farrell joyfully agreed, I'll remain here and serve the king as faithfully as I can. One day he heard a soft and friendly voice calling from the opposite bank, O'Farrell, take me over. Going across the stream, he found a precious little boy waiting to be carried across. Lifting the little boy to his shoulders, O'Farrell descended into the raging stream. But the water suddenly began to rise, and the stream became more and more violent as he crossed. To make matters worse, the boy on his shoulders got heavier and heavier. Struggling against the rushing waters and gasping for breath, O'Farrell cried out, Child, you're incredibly heavy. I feel like I'm carrying the whole world on my shoulders. The little boy answered, You carry more than the world. You carry him who created the heavens and the earth. I weigh so heavily because I carry the weight of the sins of the world. Then he dipped his hand in the water and baptized the giant. O'Farrell suddenly found himself on the other bank. Jesus saved O'Farrell both physically and spiritually. Since then, O'Farrell has been called Christopher, meaning Christ-bearer. St. Christopher carried Christ on his shoulders. 
the God-man who is equal to the Father and has the highest place in heaven next to God the Father. Believe it or not, you're a Christopher, a Christ-bearer, even more so than the giant Ophero. He carried the Christ child on his shoulders while you carry him in your heart, especially after Holy Communion. Actually, just as Ophero took on the awesome responsibility of carrying Jesus across the water, we have an even more awesome responsibility carrying Jesus in us from Communion. The Church teaches that Jesus is fully and truly present in the Holy Eucharist with his body, blood, soul, and divinity. The basis for that teaching is mostly drawn from the majority of the sixth chapter of John's Gospel and the several accounts of the Last Supper, but it is by no means limited to those passages. We know beyond any reasonable doubt that the Holy Eucharist is the true physical body of Jesus Christ, every bit as much as we know that there is invisible air in the world for us to breathe. Since we know that Jesus is really and truly present in the Most Holy Eucharist, His presence implies a great responsibility for us when we receive Him in Holy Communion. That responsibility has always been logically implicit, but the Apostle Paul makes sure we don't overlook the implication. After his explanation of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. What does this mean, and how does it create a responsibility for us? Well, putting it bluntly and succinctly, it means if we ever receive Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin, we condemn ourselves to God's judgment to an eternity in hell. The only remedy if we find ourselves in this situation, of course, is having recourse to the sacrament of penance, making a good confession. Presumably, a lot of people receive unworthily, that is, in a state of mortal sin, and this is the additional mortal sin of sacrilege. Why can it be presumed that lots of people receive unworthily? Human nature tells us all we need to know to make that presumption. Week after week, virtually everybody in the parish gets in line for communion, but also week after week, few go to confession. In fact, so few confessions are heard these days that most priests only allot 30 to 45 minutes for confession once a week. Before catechesis became so deficient, you could count on every priest in the parish to have scheduled several hours for confession every week. It stands to reason, then, that lots of communicants who don't frequent the confessional also don't have any business standing in line for communion. The biggest problem is most modern Catholics don't know the difference between a mortal sin and a venial sin. As Pope Pius XII told us, modern mankind has lost its sense of sin. I live in a dynamite parish full of Catholics who are serious about living the faith as they understand it. And their greatest hallmark is the virtue of charity. They truly love one another. That said, there isn't a week go by that I don't see regular mass-attending Catholics commit sin in public, at the church. 
Since these are such good people, I can only conclude that they don't know any better. So that leads to the responsibility part of this discussion. Every Catholic has a serious obligation to form a right conscience, which means learning the difference between venial and mortal sin. The alternative to living up to this serious obligation is to face a very difficult damning judgment at the end of life. And make no mistake, our infinitely loving God is also infinitely just. He will not be mocked. It does no good to think you're not committing a mortal sin just because you feel like what you're doing isn't sinful. God has given us an objective set of moral norms to live by, and the church, in her Christ-given authority, has given some additional directions. Collectively, this Christian morality is called the Ten Commandments and the Precepts of the Church. Nowhere in them will you find anything that allows you to ignore the law or disagree because you don't like what's there. And trying to fool yourself, or worse, God, is superfluous. So learn what you need to know now while you still can. Make a good confession with frequency and regularity at least once a month. Your eternal destiny depends on it. How can you learn what you need to know? Join Pat and Kim Burke each week for Sharing the Catholic Faith webinars. Some people have asked me if their nonprofit websites have to be ADA compliant. If it generates revenue in any way, the answer is yes. I certainly can't afford to be fined by Uncle Sam or sued by slip and fall lawyers. It would crush this apostolate, so I've made the Cantankerous Catholic website fully ADA compliant. ADA website consultants charge $4,000 for minimum compliance, which keeps the government from finding you. They charge eleven dollars to $15,000 for full compliance, which is the only way to avoid lawsuits. I've learned how to make websites compliant. I'll make Six Pack Warriors websites fully compliant for only $1,000 or $100 a month, which will save you $10,000 to $14,000 now and protect you from crippling lawsuits that you can't possibly win later. Not sure if your site is fully compliant? Click on the link in my show notes at cantankerouscatholic.com to reach out to me. Include your site's URL, and I'll check it out and send you a full report with what I find. Protect yourself from financial ruin and support this apostolate at the same time. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom has gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Teresa of Avila. She said, In the presence of Jesus in the Holy Sacrament, we ought to be like the blessed in heaven before the divine essence. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A young mother was dying of cancer. Her husband and two little children were at her bedside. Tommy was six and his little sister Judy was four years old. 
They were very sad because they were certain that their mother would never get well again. Judy took her mother's hand and said, Mommy, what are we going to do when you're gone? Her mother was deeply touched by this tender love of her little daughter and reassured her, Don't worry, Judy. Someone else will take care of you. You'll have everything you need. Two big tears filled Judy's eyes as she pressed her mother's hand to her heart. Then she exclaimed, No, Mommy, we won't have everything we need. We won't have you. Mommy, please take out your heart and leave it here, because your heart means everything in the world to us. Judy's mother died and was buried. Her heart was buried with her. Her mother couldn't take out her heart and leave it with her. What Judy's mother couldn't do, Jesus really did. When his apostles must have asked him at the Last Supper, Master, what are we going to do when you're gone? Jesus must have answered by saying, I shall not leave you. My sacred heart will be with you in the Holy Eucharist. That heart will mean everything in the world to you. He was also speaking of the Holy Eucharist when he spoke his last words before sending into heaven. Behold, I am with you all days, even until the end of the world. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It. 